What up? Zinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special episode for you. Oh, man. Do it. This is the one that I've been waiting for. Do Basically, it. since we started the podcast, this is one of the episodes man. I've been waiting to do. Uh, it is the sophomore LP for the one Ghostface Killer, Ooh. Supreme Clientele, released February 8th, Ooh. 2000. And yes, let sir. me tell you why this is a special day, first of all. <laughs> um, it took a lot to get this episode to come together, just because, for one, you know, Yinka and I, we have our scheduling difficulties. Sometimes Yinka has to go away during the week, <laughs> so we have to find very specific times to record. Yep. Not only that, we have our special guest with us today. Say what's up, Carlos. What's up, Carlos? And I was recently out of the country, so I had to, yeah. you know, I had this equipment mailed to my uh, so that I could, you know, get the recording. Everything sounded wow. correctly. I didn't have it at the time that we scheduled this recording. Mm. We had to jump through all these hoops to get this stuff done. Yeah. Carlos just had his birthday. Woo. He was Happy 14, birthday. 15 shots deep last night, <laughs> feeling the effects of it this morning. But we are here right now to record this episode. And the reason why this is such a big deal is because I would have to guess collectively amongst the three of us is this our favorite album it might be it's it it's might be it's definitely one of them i was talking to one of the homies and she was like how long have you and outlaw been close like y'all knew each other in college and i'm like we yeah. knew each other in college but we really weren't like super close in college we really didn't get super cool i don't think until after college probably um, maybe and, like 2008 and this was one of the first albums we ever really like just talked about and waxed poetic about I remember sure. you made that mix. He made this dope Ghostface mix. Um, thank you, thank it was you. like 30 songs, like, you know, completely, like perfectly blended with like original samples, all this other stuff. But we sat up for hours just waxing poetic about this album. I remember. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Carlos and I did the same in high school. So yeah. fact, this is probably one of the albums that brought the two of us together. So uh, I guess we could go ahead and just start it off. Yinka, where were you when you heard this album? Man, where was I? Um, I was in high school. I was at Oakton High School in Virginia. Um, I remember buying this album and um, Like Water for Chocolate, like Water for Chocolate. on the same yeah. day. Um, and at the time, you know, being, uh, I, I was getting familiar with Dilla. It had a primo beat on it, etc. cetera. Um, I loved Like Water for Chocolate and I didn't understand this album. <laughs> and 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 it was so this was an album that was it was good but it was like uh yeah why is he talking about uh I studied under Bruce Lee he was on the fourth <laughs> I was on the third I'm like okay this this guy's so uh it took me some time to really get into this album but now I probably never listen to like Water for Chocolate and I listen to this album all the time it's amazing where were you <laughs> Uh, so I was at Lake Braddock High School. Carlos and I, uh, we just started becoming cool. We started rapping together. Right. And this is at a time when, you know, Wu-Tang, they put out a, a string of solo albums mm. that just were not good. Mm. You had, you know, Takao 2000, in retrospect, was actually decent. Mm. But then, you know, you had Jizz's uh, second LP, Beneath the Surface. Yeah. That wasn't very good. Um, you had Raekwon's Immobilarity. That, oh, was trash. that was trash. Inspector, Inspector Deck's Uncontrolled Substance was a huge Not disappointment. Yeah. You got released an album for <laughs> who the fuck knows why. why. Yeah. And so at this point, like, I'm struggling to find reasons. Like, I'm really <laughs> holding on because, because as, as it has been stated, I got, I got the hip-hop wave kind of late and the Wu-Tang wave kind of late. Right. Right? So... I really started getting into Wu-Tang at the end of my freshman year, all throughout sophomore year, at a time when their catalog was three and four years old, but was dope as hell. So people were like, all right, cool, you know, Wu-Tang forever, like, it's cool. 
it's not my favorite. In retrospect, it's dope. But at the time, people were like, you know, it's cool. And then all these bad solo albums come yeah. out. So they're like clowning me for like a Wu-Tang, <laughs> right? And Carlos knows some of the heads of my grade. They were real big dickheads. Whatever. I was a dickhead too, it's all good. So this album comes out and the, the single comes out first, right? The single comes out and Ghostface is in this like burgundy velour robe with this like ice cream cone looking microphone going through this wallaby <laughs> factory overflow of style right. like just oozing dripping with like mad flair <laughs> he's got raekwon in the video right. it's um it's apollo, apollo kids. kids like the yeah. beat is the beat is dope i'm like yo i think i think wu-tang ghostface is ready to come back and do it so this album comes out and of course I'm loving it just by default, right? Mm. Just because like I wanted to like it so much. Um, yeah. And you know, the first, you know, eight tracks, nine tracks was like, was really dope to me. And then of course mm. you had Shay Shay Legos. Yeah. And then over time, you know, the rest of the album really grew on me as well. Yeah. Um, but that's just kind of where I was. And it was finally, it was like, yo, like I was right. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I remember uh, playing Shay Shay Legos before it was a single, before right, like right. everybody else in the school knew about it. I was like, yeah. yo, this song is dope. All of a sudden it becomes a huge smash. Yeah. I was like, yo, like I finally I got one like I feel like yeah. my whole Wu-Tang fandom had been had been justified by this album so yeah you know, for me that's where I was Calamont where were you where where so <clears throat> I'll paint a picture for you guys <laughs> yes please right, paint, paint the Carlos picture, picture. make <laughs> believe make believe that you are a very big punk rock fan okay and then all of a sudden the industry all the labels decide that what's in is glam rock big hair dudes in makeup and leotards <laughs> so you're feeling a little left out because that's not what you like about the genre right that is where i was in the year mm. 2000 in regards to hip-hop and in the midst of feeling that way mm. supreme clientele drops and i'm right back in hip-hop <laughs> that's everything. right that's yeah such a classic album, immediately debated as Ghostface Killer's best. Yep. And I know we're gonna hop into all of that, but yeah, that's where I was. Back to what Outlaw was saying about the video. I'll never forget the video of Apollo Kids, because like you said, it was just so jarring. Uh, Ghost kind of has this stream of consciousness style, as we know, he's kind of all over the place. Yeah. And I'll never forget, Hanging With The Homies, I think Rap City or something like that was on. And we were talking about something that we liked that came on before Apollo Kids. And I remember Apollo Kids came on and one of my boys was dissing it. It's like, oh, yo, this shit is whack, yo. Like, these Wu-Tang <laughs> niggas are whack. And I'll never forget, Ghost says, a pair of bright, fat, yellow Air Max. And the, and the camera pans down and he's wearing these like red shoes. <laughs> my boy goes, yo, he can't even get his shoes right, yo. Like he's talking about these Air Maxes, he don't even got them. And I just never forget how, how hard my boy was hating on this video. But um, this was also probably the first time we had like a Wu-Tang record that was really played in the party. And not the guy's party, not the, yo, we, we the homies, we having a party. Like the party where the girls was at. You know, they had a record. You talking about Shay Shay? With Shay Shay, yeah, yeah, where it was getting played in the parties. Didn't Yo, it still you know. gets dropped. It I'm, still gets dropped now. Today. Yeah, I remember, I, I think it might have been Cisco's solo album with Thong Song was out oh, around this time or something. Cause, yeah, that and, sounds about right. And that record was getting played at parties and the girls liked it, but they also liked this joint. So it was like, you was having hardcore hip hop being played in the party with the girls. Loved it. 
So I'll say a few overarching highlights and then we can talk about actual songs. It's going to be hard to do actual songs because this album is just that good. Like, yeah, I, I mean, agree. this this album is amazing and it's it's not one of those albums. We talked about how, you know, you have an album that just has like a really strong run and the run mm -hmm. is so good that it makes it a classic album. Yeah. But this album is just very well balanced to where it like, is. I mean, there's amazing songs at the beginning, middle and end of, of, of the album. Um, but RZA is my overarching highlight. I mean, yes. God, Say like, and, and wow, RZA, yeah. RZA from the perspective of both as an MC and as yes. a producer, because yes, absolutely, RZA as an MC. raps his ass he off does. on this. Black men to cross continent to drift. One whip of power to get my divine stiff. Brick rock, late night, hit a tick tock on my clock. I used to run up and pick a crab lock, hit his stash, dip back to the lab, make a flip uptown. Now we back on your ass. Incognito, fatal, hakito, blow. Pop a needle, dick a knock, knee ho. Bust out a fetal, nine inch long, strong. Bobby pop the bitch, thong, spit on her. Then I banged on my chest like Kong King. Merciless Ming, point the killer beast, sting, wing, things. Right through your head, bing. Snap the wing off of bats. My battle wax, tongue hacks, tracks. Once the ball drop, I'ma snatch ten jacks. Pass a crack to a nigga-rat. Puff a loosely cigarette. Why your man search the internet for Bob Digitech? In stereo, crazy as Shapiro. Multiply myself ten times, standing next to zero. And snap my fingers like the Fonz. And bag me a golden bronze skin girl with the honey blonde. Dip hair, make a nigga flip in his chair. Had the armpit saved off perfect with the nail. Stomach fat as a pancake for a man. Sake. Used to fuck her when she ministrate, but it made her hyperventilate. Brooklyn, I know, I know, I know, I know. Queens, I know, I know, I know, I know. Shelly, he does. Know, know, and it's just like an Oreo cookie and cold milk. milk. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, and, and and I don't say that very often about RZA. No, I don't. So it can't be it can't be stated enough that like when RZA came on records that were already great, he elevated his performance yes. elevated the record every time on this yeah. on this project. So uh, he's my biggest highlight. And then as a producer, you know, and, and you talked about this a lot and you can elaborate more, but like supposedly he took care to basically take beats that other people had contributed and remix them in, in a way that, you know, fit and made the album more cohesive. So I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah. So my understanding of this project and what you just spoke about is that when all the Wu-Tang members were doing their second run of albums or their first run if they hadn't done it in the first wave, uh, as well as like the Wu-Tang affiliates, right? RZA was taking a hands-off approach. Now, of course, there's right. probably some politics involved. If you guys all seen the documentaries, there's, there's some of this, some of that. And so what he was doing is he was handing off a lot of these projects just to the MCs themselves. So, you know, Inspector Deck obviously had a big role to play in his own solo album. But then, you know, some of like, um, some of the, the producers, so like Fourth Disciple, mm -hmm. Matthew, they were helming up some of these projects, but the one project he said, yo, hands off, no one's gonna touch this but me, is Ghostface's second album. RZA yeah. said very specifically, I'm still gonna do this one. Yeah. And it wasn't just RZA as well, like Ghostface mm -hmm. was in the studio as well, taking these beats, chopping them up, flipping yeah. them up and say, yo, this is how we want it, we want this here. Mm -hmm. Ghost was very direct in this, but of course the ultimate direction, the person, you know, help, you know, taking their mind, helping it all coming together. The yeah. Abbott, if you will, was RZA yeah. doing that with this project. And you're absolutely right. Like of all of the Wu-Tang 
you know, the second wave of albums, mm. this is the only one that legitimately had RZA's executive yeah. producer credit. Like, not just in the credits, but actually, like, hands-on, like, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to make a, a, a dope album. Yeah. So, you can't tell that, that his fingerprints are all over it yeah. just by listening to it. So that, I mean, that's an interesting highlight, the RZA. Mm -hmm. It's, like, a great point. I like that yeah. you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, how can you not mention Ghostface? You know, mm. being a highlight on the album. Of course, yeah. This is probably where the debate started, uh, where, you know, people were like, yo, is Ghostface the best out of Wu-Tang? <laughs> is he the best out of all nine? You think so? Because I think, I think Deck was still in his prime. Meth was still in his prime. So I don't know if we thought he was the best. The we thing just with, thought he with might both be. of them is yeah. that they had already kind of missed the mark or yes. disappointed with That's an true. album. That's and true. what we know from Ghost, he co-hosted Only Built for uh, Cuban Links, right. classic. Right. And Iron Man, everybody, you know, was high on that. Yeah. It's a so to follow up with this, yeah. especially at that time, you know, where hip hop was and yeah. whatnot. It's like, that's uh, that's when I remember that debate starting. No, you kind of like- he kind of like saved the Wu banner in a way. Yes, like, cause, exactly. Because like you said, they were putting out all these whack joints. Some, <laughs> something that I read on the wiki page that I did not know is apparently what happened was RZA said, I right, look, we need to, he, he basically made the executive decision to dilute their brand. And what he said was, we need to make these labels pay for us. So he was like, we're not putting out like another album where everybody in the Wu is on it. And, and if you remember when we talked about like Deck and like all these other albums that we didn't think were that good, that's the reason why. Because he said, look, not only am I not going to be involved in your solo albums, I don't want you to get too many other Wu-Tang artists on your record because these labels think that they're getting like package deals where it's like, okay, you know, I have Method Man, so I also have Ghostface and Raekwon and everybody else. He's like, nah, they got to pay for that. So I'm going to send you guys away with, you know, these underling producers that I have. Y'all go off on your own. Don't get too many collaborations with, with other folks. And I am not going to waste my time working on your project like that. So that was Riz's decision. And you could hear it. You could really yeah. hear it in all these other albums. Um, another thing I read, which I did not know, is... Apparently, um, Ghostface, during the time of working on this, um, had undiagnosed diabetes, and it was really bad. I and I he that. and RZA went to Africa, Benin, yeah, um, right. to try to, to essentially consult like alternative medicine doctors. And so that's the re one of the reasons I think that kind of brought them closer together. And one of the reasons probably why RZA wanted to do his project is because they said that like between him being in and out of jail and his health problems like i think they were kind of worried about if ghost was going to be all right yeah so that's just an wow. interesting take you know yeah and you know going back to the point about the conversation the debate if you will mm -hmm. i think it did start around that time because like you said as well yinka that this album kind of saved wu-tang yeah. if you remember i think the Wu-Tang Clan's third album comes out either in 2000 or 2001, The W, Ugh. and that shit was garbage. <laughs> but the only reason why people had any kind of excitement for it is because yeah. Supreme Clientele and Shea Shea La Ghost. Like, yeah. This That's is true. the one that brought people back into the fold. Yeah. And from this point forward, Ghostface, like, look, the debate between who was actually the dopest MC, mm -hmm. it was still probably between Met The Man and Inspector Deck, right? Yeah. But in terms of who was the best solo artist coming out of the Wu-Tang, yeah. He not only did the conversation start, but it like ended as well. Yeah. Like there, it is him. Yeah, um, yeah. and him. It, it ended soon 
after this out like that's true once once the w came out and the other projects came out it was like you know pretty much you know bulletproof wallets wasn't great but yeah. it was still probably better than a lot of the other solo right. projects to come out so you know yeah. after that point it was like ghostface was the only one that people were really but see the, yeah. i mean the other highlight for me with this album is just lyrics yeah how lyrically complex like this entire every song go like just goes so hard right lyrically yeah like the 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 bars the slang he uses he's the type of mc that you gotta look up you know <laughs> these lyrics just to, yeah. to and, and then when you look them up you're like good god this is what he's saying <laughs> so yeah. so it's almost like an onion all these layers and you keep peeling and loving everything that you're discovering yeah, about it in sure. terms of style and originality uh -huh. i mean ghostface come on it's ghosts yeah for sure there are a few like him and 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 that's what really for me uh -huh. is is what set him apart not just in the wu-tang but just as an artist i mean mm. supreme clientele for those listening it might not be aware it's a top 10 album in hip-hop all time period wow. you can you could definitely debate definitely that for sure. for sure it's it's in my top yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why it's like just across the board, uh, you know, I'm thinking it's like, how can it not be top 10? But, you know, it's a debate, but it, it's just, it was clear uh, to, to a lot of people. And that's what separates him. Um, yeah. So lyrically, just the complexity, lyrically of this album, yeah. huge highlight for me. Yeah, the, the thing about the lyrics is so, is so entertaining. It's so funny just because this is one of my favorite hip hop albums. And the one thing that makes this album different than my other top but the other albums in my top five is this is the only one where I actually struggle to like memorize some of the lyrics. Like I can quote <laughs> ready to die, life after death, black on both sides and Wu-Tang forever. Like I can quote like those, maybe not Wu-Tang forever, but I can quote like the majority of those albums. Yeah. But this one, there's only a few songs where I, where I'm confident that I could spit every <laughs> single bar. Like there's only like yeah. a couple of tracks. But you, you know, know what's I, funny though? Uh -huh. it, I, I could go through every single track yeah. uh -huh. and just recite one line Oh yeah, and yeah, for sure. And you'll smile and yeah. finish it. Oh, that's yeah. true. This is oh, actually yeah. true. It's so your belt went wrong, wrong, wrong. Staple ass with an ambulance don't come. And, oh. and it's every track. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, true. yo, not every MC does that to you. Yeah, I think one of the things that one of the things that lends itself to what you're saying, Outlaw, because I agree wholeheartedly. And like you said, like my favorite albums, most of them, I can recite them word for word. I can rap chunks and pieces of songs here but like i think with most rappers their styles are much more linear whereas yeah. like you know ghostface will have a thought and he'll be rapping about the thought and then he'll just jump to some other thought and then he'll jump back in a way that like when you're memorizing a song like pieces of the verse don't make sense with other pieces yeah. so it's like yeah. you know this you rap kind of is like ZD. <laughs> Crash at high speed, strawberry kiwi, nigga. Yeah. What are you saying? What are you saying? Catch me in the corner, not speaking. It's like, yo, I'm so familiar with that. Giving hickeys to Vianna White. Love oh, man. It's always yeah. so good. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I want to also say um, pretty much every review that I've read about this album said that the skits were too long and unnecessary. I typically say the same. Here, I actually don't agree. I, I, yeah, I, don't I like the skits. Either. I think that the skits are a good part of this. I think the um, the chunks of you know to, um, Iron Man uh, uh, pieces that that are weaved in here uh, are just perfect musically, mm -hmm. and I like how it sets the whole theme. Um, so I, I thought that you know that was also really well done. The the sequencing and skits. 
I mean, you can make an argument that the crackhead interlude, the Droz interlude, whatever, um, you can make an argument that maybe that's too long, but like the child's play one or the the song where they're like talking about um, like who would you fuck? Yeah, like that's a that's a great skit. It's it's you know such I mean? it's such barbershop. Like, that's a skit that I'll just I'll just listen to that skit just to listen to that. Right, skit. and I like the the samples that RZA has playing in yes. the background during the skits, um, especially that one. But um, the one thing I do not like about that is when the dude goes, "She looks bugged out. She looks African God." I don't oh, like that yeah, bitch, true. dog. Fuck her. I'm like, yo, uh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta relax, bro. But that's, uh, a, that's but, definitely a, a '90s, 2000s thing. Like people don't talk like that anymore. Yeah, but uh, Let's but yeah, no, I I really I think that that's like definitely like you know your barbershop or as my man Trump would say your your locker room talk. Um, and and it, and it definitely fit. I actually like Woodrow the ba- bass head. I yeah. wish he kept Woodrow the bass head in his subsequent albums because I like when when albums are tied together by like a skit theme. Um, and I thought Woodrow was funny, man. He's like, Yo, Susan, throw it out the window, Susan. <laughs> now, is that superb or is that just some other person? I think that's superb. Is it perfect? It, it sounds like him. It's superb. Uh, By the way, rest in peace, superb. He, he yeah, did pass yeah, away. When did that happen? Um, I think it was uh, mid 2019. It was 18. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. it was 18. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna talk about superb as well. So. Yeah, I, we don't have to bring it up now, but definitely there's some some talk about him. I also think that if I gotta give highlights, Lord Superb. His yeah. verse is amazing. On the one album. on uh, Ghost Dini. Uh, yeah, on Ghost Dini. It's yeah. my. It's, it might be my favorite verse on this whole album. Um, Carlos, you're saying the same thing. If we don't thing. drink yeah. wine, if you yeah. don't bring yeah. me some motherfucking cognac, I'll kill you. I can't feel you. Ain't in my senses, and you ain't in my dollars. I fuck with rock wallets. No leashes, no collars. Rolex scholars, that's Ghost Dini. You, for a long time, I thought that, uh, you know, I kind of mistook Superb to be Ghostface. Yeah, they do sound I, I was, similar. Yeah, I was crediting Ghostface for months. And then yeah. I was like, oh, that's not him? <laughs> you and, know, and, you know, I immediately wanted uh, to learn more about Superb, uh, yeah. get more familiar. Like, the first intro to Superb on the album mm-hmm. is uh, Ghost Dini, right? Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, you know, it, it was just amazing. I, I immediately wanted to, to to know more about this dude, and and yeah. if I'm correct, I'm pretty sure that he is uh, the bass head. You know, y'all mm. supposed to be Big Willie. Y'all acting a little silly, <laughs> a little motherfucker. Silly. Love it. Love this dude. Oh so, yeah, so, I thought yeah, he was good. I like that. And um, the the other person I'll give because we 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 gave it up to Perb. I'm not a fan of Solomon Childs. I don't like him on most of their albums or his his performance is just whatever. I think he's really good on this album. He's on uh, Shook of Death, right? Yeah, he bodies that. And he's also doing like vocals, like background vocals on a couple other records on here. Oh, you know what? I wanted to mention uh, your comment on uh, the interludes and whatnot. Yeah. I did love the use of the actual Iron Man, you know, yes, and, yes. and all of that. And I, I love the intro to this album. Me too. I absolutely love the intro to yeah. this album. I love the fact that Ghostface Killer got sued for <laughs> the oh, intro he, to this he? album. Yeah, he did. Uh, that makes uh, sense. He, but, they just but ripped I mean, that shit straight off. They just ripped it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it fits so well. So for great. our entertainment pleasure, he went ahead and, and, and took that lawsuit head on. Yeah. Another thing I, I actually like about this album, um, and, and you know, I'll just chalk it up to my, my ignorant human nature. Um, <clears throat> I like, like, beefs that are, like, 
sprinkled on albums and so all of the like the allusions to like robbing 50 cent and like yeah. smacking them because of how to rob it's on Clyde this album Smith. i like all of them so i like Clyde Smith. <laughs> raekwon's like got, i got my little snacks and all that son you know and they, they like pitched his voice down so he was like clyde smith like this character i liked uh you know when he talks about uh two rob two rappers got robbed that night Whatever, whatever he's talking about, fifty. So I, I, I did appreciate that as well. So shout out to that. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting to me, you know, if I had to find low lights in in the album, I would say that the, you know, it would be the interludes. I don't mind them too much. That one I felt shouldn't have been in the album at all. Um, but it, it's one of those things, you know, it doesn't really make a break. I mean, we're talking about a top 10 album, hands I, down in my opinion. But I think, right, to counter what you're saying, um, you know, one of the things about Wu is they were known to like fight on the road. They were known <laughs> to be some formidable cats, like just in life. And so when How to Rob came out, like people in the industry really felt a way. And so it would have been very un-Wu-Tang of them to not address the fact that they were called out on this song, somebody saying that they're gonna rob them. You, you knew they were gonna say or do something either in, in real life or say something on a record. And so I appreciated that they did say something about it personally. Right. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I'm kind of in line with Yinka on this one. So maybe looking back, it's kind of like, eh, like, right. how does this really fit? But at the time, especially where hip hop was, mm. especially knowing Ghostface and Raekwon, yeah, uh, I was cool with it then as mm. well. Highlight production. I know we yes. mentioned Rizzo already. Yes. Um, there was collaboration. Yep. Can I please mention Juju from the Beat Nuts? Oh. individual beat on here if not either that so. or we made it i mean one that's the track we're talking about this is it's called one mm-hmm. um produced by juju and personally it might be the best flow um just ever the best flow i've ever heard i'm not saying it is i'm just saying when the topic comes up of what's an mc with like a dope flow this is one of the songs that comes to mind yeah. And it's debatable So just the, the, the feel of the beat The way it bounces 
Pull out this kite from this white bitch. Good down. <laughs> crash through. Break the glass. Tony with, with the goalie hat. That's the past. Heavy ice rolling. Laying on the dash. Love the grass. Cauliflower hurting when I dump the trash. Sour mass surging every glass. Up at the Wally bass. Sun splash. Or the grab blessing with your name slash. Backdraft. Four pounds. Screaming with the pearly ass. Children fix the contrast. Add the sound classes. Mrs. Dad sprinkle with an icicle eyelash. Ass cap a pendergrass for backstage passes. Special guests. No more Johnny Blaze. Johnny Mathers. Acrobat run up on that love Jones actress. Distract the cat while I'm hot sugar. Get a crack at this. Dick it down Oprah. Jump rope. David Dinkins watch the black mayor DC. Hit the mocha tangerine sofa. Two super soakers in the rover. Hit the sports bar. Tell a young lady trooping over. I mean, it's just, it's avant-garde. It's a prodigy on a beat that can't get better. Yeah. Big shout to Juju from Juju the Juju murdered that. Uh, I murdered. like. I think Carlos Brody, um, you know, 6th July, he's a, a cat from the Hitman. So it's always interesting when you get like Puffy and like the bad boy kind of collaborations with Wu because it just, it kind of doesn't make sense, but then it happens. So I think he was, he was ill on his beats on here too. So he did We Made It. Yeah, um, but uh, he really also did um, Saturday Night. Yo, the storytelling. Oh, man, that's really fire. Good God, this guy just takes you from where you think you are and yeah. just you go directly to what he's talking about. Yeah. No chorus. It's just a day in the life type of song. Yeah. It's a short track, which is very RZA-like and Wu-Tang-like. Yeah. It's the type of thing, it's like, why is this one minute and 10 seconds? Why isn't this longer? Like, I love it. That's all they need. This is that's ghost, all they need. This is Ghost at its best. And it's interesting yeah. because... You know, we had talked about the sound bombing too, and you know, I remember Mayor off that record. Um, right. You know, really made me a big Feral Monch fan. But like, this is that sample and a story, but it like it elevates it, like it takes it to another Absolutely. level. I, I, I like Mayor because I like the sound effects and I like the whole story that he's telling cohesively. But Ghost is able to do with his words what you know pharaoh no diss to pharaoh because i think he's also a great storyteller but uh needed effects and a lot of other things to kind of give us and so i think i think the story on saturday night is is, is stellar yeah i would definitely agree for me the the standout beat has always been apollo kids from the mm. sun that's the one where i man if, I, if I'm listening to this album in my car and mm. I only had to go to one track, it's Apollo Kids. Mm. That's the one that's always stood out for me. It was the first single. It was the first track I heard from the album. Yeah. Um, but just like his 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 imagery on that as well. Um, you know, like, like you said, catch me in the corner, not speaking. Um, he's like, uh, uh, slap the five, master killer, practice hiding for him. Everybody break bread. Huddle around. around. Guzzle that. I'm, I'm about, about to throw, throw hair in your bag. Like, oh my Something about, and in the chorus, so we talked about it, Crash the High Speed Strawberry <laughs> Kiwi. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I don't care. That shit is fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucking it's fire. fire. It was hot back then, and yeah. it's hot today. So I'm going to just go ahead and say shout out to creative people named Carlos, because apparently Hassan, <laughs> who produced this, is his name is also Carlos Evans. So we got at right. least three Carloses who produced on this album, and they're all great. Shout people. out to all the Chucks. What up, Chuck? <laughs> The last ad I, I talk about before we go into individual tracks, we've already mm -hmm. spoken about some of them. Um, mm -hmm. And you even mentioned this, Yink, as well. But the sequencing on the album. Amazing. Yeah, we talked about like track runs, like who has the best track run. Right. But I mean, there, I don't think there's any faults at all in the sequencing. Yeah. At all. It's great. 
Yeah, it's it, fantastic. It, it makes it so a record like Malcolm, which I'm yes. sorry, I normally would not listen to individually. Yes. But when I listen to this album, it, it the way it's sequenced Malcolm and Child's Play, like those records I would probably normally skip, but I listen to them just because of how well this is sequenced. Oh man, I could never skip Child's Play. Child's Play, <laughs> uh, just the way that sample was flipped. Yeah, I, I like it. I adore it because if you guys notice the sample, let's say it's like, you know, maybe four bars long. Right. But what, what, what he does is just repeat Stands that it, yeah. first dun, bar loop dun, dun, and then later dun. on is when he lets it like run off and i had yeah. never heard that i personally had never heard that done uh in hip-hop uh-huh. um until they get to that that the, the bridge part of it yeah. you know uh it's, i don't know just just give it, it give it a close listen sampling wise and production wise child's yeah. play is just it's fun it's funny because later and you know you guys may not agree with me so salute me or shoot me but later Kanye kind of steals that style, cleans it up, and and that becomes his thing, right? Like, yeah. like you know, taking a sample that doesn't quite loop exactly, and then you know, it, finding ways to extend it by repeating certain notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the thing I love about RZA is, like you said, like he kind of just leaves certain sloppy things in there where it's just yep. like you know, he just like lets the end of the the sample kind of ride a little bit, and then, right. and exactly. then it flips back over again. But yeah, I really, I really it's do like, like how he people it. know RZA is a producer's producer. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of credit uh, that he deserves that you know isn't given to him, but. Producers are the first to know. And to be honest, I think uh, even Dre got, has a lot of uh, respect and admiration yeah. uh, for a lot of things that RZA does because he's like, I'd never do that. I'd clean that up. Yeah, I right. wouldn't release it like that. Right. And and homie just, he's creative enough to just release it. He's just like, yo, this is what I'm yeah. doing. And like, and I think you're on to something, Yinko, because that was the first place I ever heard it done that way. Mm. And I'm not saying it's the first time it ever happened, but that's the first, you know, released that way. And <laughs> after that, I started picking up that other producers were kind of trying it out. Yeah. And, and you know, but that's a technique that, no, no, no. Bobby Digi did that already. For sure, you know? for sure. Always an innovator, always a innovator. So do, uh, do we have any other highlights? The other thing I like about Ghost is like, so Dirty, Dirty has like, you know, a kind of a style where like he'll weave in like these records that kind of influenced him. In mm-hmm. different ways, um, but he does it like in a in a very deliberately okay I'm singing now type of thing. Yeah, Ghost does it, but it like just in random places. So back when I first heard this album, I did not know that Marvin Marvin you were a friend of mine friend was a song, mm-hmm. right? Like I didn't know that he was singing something. another song. So I'm just like, why is he talking about Marvin on this song? But uh, I like how he like just kind of like weaves in, you know. Yo, I'm influenced by this Rakim joint. I'm influenced by this record. Like, he just kind of throws it in there. It's, it's like a gumbo. I feel you. I feel you. Were you disappointed at all that, Ray, at least at the time, that Raekwon wasn't featured on this album more? Because I think initially, what I'm thinking is like, all right, you know, Raekwon's coming out with an album. Ghostface mm. is coming out with an album. I want them featured on each other's albums heavily. And yeah. they weren't. I, I mean, Raekwon mm. is on here twice. Yeah. But I think at the time, at least initially, I've... I've, I've, mm. I've Kind of forgot about it over the years. Like I didn't really care yeah. as much. But I think initially I was like, "Wow, like why isn't Raekwon on this album a little bit more?" I, I think it was so well balanced, mm-hmm. and I think also for us as Wu fans at the time, like 
this was the first Wu album we got in a while that had the core members featured throughout the album. So I think I was just happy to see Method Man's name, you know, Capadonna's name. I love Red Man. So Red Man's name, you know, like everybody's name was in the track list. So I was just happy that we got Wu back together. And and Method killed it on Buck. Oh, yeah. The biggest can't live Who I'm is We ain't got shit Something got to get Y'all done flipped y'all way Blacked out the crib Dying live for my legs And my badass kids freeze Looking at your ice like cheese I'm plotting on the mouse trap About to snatch the cheese I heard y'all kids is about that Psychotherapy You bugging Where the couch at Who till they bury me no, Everybody killed it on Buck they did. Everybody killed it on Buck I think Redman got off Buck 50 I think this is the We, we spoke about this When we did the Pillage podcast But this was the verse That really made me like Open up my eyes To just kind of how nice Kappa was Because um, Kappa is another one of those Unorthodox kind of like lazy styles that yeah. if you don't pay attention enough and you're just kind of like glancing at it you can seem kind of silly and this verse is silly but it's also so like out of that field that you're kind of like yo I fuck with this and I don't I don't know why I fuck with this verse so hard because I think I love the first so time I heard it first time I heard it I was like what are you talking about right the cap slide through with the ghost post up like paint on walls drip to wells big heat ruffle inside the bubble goose it's the our couple hollow points follow you home Staten Island playing with the big toys that make noise echo in the hall a scared voice niggas start to act choice but Duncan Hines didn't know Betty Crocker had two nines made the club moist shatter the windows dust heads running Yo. the rat king Glenn bust the black Jesus Yo, coming the worst. agreed wholeheartedly um I think this this verse definitely was the one that made me open my eyes and listen to Kappa. I think he really came off and it's something like a verse that just like over time, like it just opens up. But um, and I said this before we started recording, so I'm going to just say it again. I think we were totally wrong on the Capadonna episode. I said that he had the best verse on here. <laughs> you also said that. Um, nah, dog. Red Man got off on this. Look, the words you talk, let it be the words you walk. Body you in the bed where the nurses are. Put your vein out, watch me insert the dart. Till it plagues from bricks to the Persian Gulf. Light circuits off. 33rd of my brain is off. That explains why my language off. My gun aim and cough. Y'all ain't trained to brawl. Y'all more like in training brawls. Wet behind the ear, you're not prepared for the project. Flow with extra stairs. I pass out a vest to wear. Yo, the hard wire starting bonfires. Pull a mask so you know it's me. And your weed got more seeds than ODB. Can't smoke with ya. Watch ghost tie rope to ya. Death and woo will open ya. And shout to the RZA who produced that. Yeah, yeah nah. 50. Sure. Amazing. Great song. Uh, we great passed song. the grain, and the grain is really dope. 
Riz's storytelling on this is uh, is quite impressive as well. Tony Stark made the knocks, dogs block when the bins walk up against the boulevard. Stark had the bone spark. One cop had the window glass like a simple crash. What the fuck? So you trying to break glass? These last is bad. Life is rather tracing. At that moment, his fat partner started chasing. Chicken heads, they was racing with their hearts pacing. For snatching gold, trying to dip into the guard's basement. Allocation, let still shed spread. Crack shorty head, left sweetie there for dead. Ghetto poodles, stinky sticky for cheese doodles. Starving for 50 cent bag of oodles and noodles. Neighborhood sick with it. Play about the cut wig. Maybe one of y'all rich rap niggas need the politics. Beats for the sky, they throw bleach in your eye. Don't teach them why, you be keeping them high. Dip like an Oreo cookie and cold milk. Gold silk, gold filled cap. Who wear hat, low till, true Islamic. We speak verbal rhyme phonics. Why y'all try to change this hip hop to technotronics? Don't go against the grain, the grain. Don't go against the grain, the grain. Don't go against the grain, the grain. Girl, cause of you I'm hurting within my within my heart. So okay, um, that's dirty that, style, yeah. That, like- that is, and that's actually on Dirty's track. So uh, that's actually one of my low lights. There's only two low lights I have. On this. Uh, and that's one. Okay. I wish they actually took uh, Dirty's vocal from mm. the 36, uh, 36 chambers, yeah. between the 36 chambers, the Dirty version, and yep. just splice that in there somehow. I think it would have sounded really, really dope. Because yeah. uh, old Dirty Bastard, like he took that from an old song as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's um, it's like a vocal on there. It's like a dramatics or Dell's song. Or yeah, something. that's one of them. That's one of them. All right, stay true. Yeah. Ooh-wee. Brother uh. man, stay true. Stay true. So Deck this with is the production credit. Yes, Deck with the production credit. This is, I think it's uh, Elevation off of Inspector Deck's Uncontrolled Substance. Yeah. Which was a song that I didn't really care about on Deck's record, but then it comes exactly. on here. Yes. It's amazing yeah. on here. It's equalized. It's mixed better on this. Way better. Um, he calls the song Dex Beat for one. Well, I think that's, you know, that's something that I, I find interesting about, you know, we talked about the difference between having Riz's hands on something. Uh, we talked about that a lot on the Inspector Deck, uh, you know, uh, episode. And I mean, here's where we see it, right? Like, like mm-hmm. this is a beat that was on the Inspector Deck album. Neither of us cared for, like it's right. fine. Um, and then RZA takes the same thing. He kind of remixes it for this album and it becomes a standout track. Like, Absolutely. So we made it. Yeah. This is my favorite, probably my favorite song on this record. Who else is on here? So Solomon Charles is on here. Superb is on here as well, right? Yeah. Hellraiser, uh, Chip Banks. I don't know who that is. But. Yeah. So would you consider this like a posse cut? Like, are these the same folks who are in um... Theodore and TMF? Yeah, Theodore Unit. Yeah. What's, what's TMF? I don't know who's in TMF versus who's in Theodore Unit. I don't know if they're one and the same, but he shots TMF out on this album. So maybe it's TMF. Either way, I, can't, I take it like these are his boys? Because I know Solomon Childs is in Theodore Unit, so right. I don't know, you know, I don't know the difference between the two cliques or if they're the same clique. I don't know what it is. Okay. Oh, so Solomon Childs isn't even on this, so it's a Perb Chip nah. and Hellraiser. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Perb, Perb just murders this, yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about Perv a little bit, right? Okay. So supposedly, uh, and this story resurfaces like every five years or so. Right, right. Uh, and it always comes from a different camp. I want to say that like 50 Cent played this up a little bit. Maybe it was Tony did. Yayo in 2006. Okay. And then also Wayne's camp played this up too. Little Wayne's camp. I think. Oh, yeah? I think they did. But either okay. way, 
<laughs> the story goes that Perp wrote the entire album, which yeah. I've just never been able to believe off principle. But Yinka, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, you have entertained this thought, have you not? Um, I mean, I, I just I just think it's worth exploring. Um, okay. When 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 asked about it, Ghostface said. Um, well, I've had other albums that have been popular, so you know, obviously, you know that like he couldn't do that. He said basically what a lot of people say when they get accused of ghostwriting, which is he said he may have thrown a few lines in the air that I caught and put in a, in a record, right? But he didn't write whole records, and and I mean okay. I, I think that's possible, like from a collaboration perspective. I, I don't know yeah. what are your thoughts. I I kind of agree with you there that maybe he took a few lines here and there um because they're in the studio whatever just like talk about like what would be hot it's like oh that's dope i'm gonna put that in here yeah, yeah. i don't necessarily think that's like ghost writing mm-hmm. i can see the argument for it, but at the end of the day too like ghost to me sounds like he did on only built for cuban links sounds like he did right. on wu-tang forever sounds like he did on iron man like you right. know Ghostface on 36 chambers sounds very not like like down the line you know right. what i mean and right. every project he does after that he starts going all over the place same thing with raekwon and, and right? i mean if 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 this whole album was ghost written we wouldn't be able to get fish scale right because fish scale exactly. was such a good album and it's and it's similar in 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 nature and tone to this album so right I so i have a hard time believing that goes who you know since you know post 36 chambers is pretty much sounding the same consistent you know obviously he's 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 grown a little bit he's changed a little bit but i mean it it all sounds like ghosts i have a hard time believing that perb ghost writ this entire album i mean that being said perb definitely has some dope verses on here but then ghost even asked a question he's like all right if you ghost with the album where's your other work that's, that's fair. It's a fair question. And who knows? Maybe there was yeah. something going on in this person. But I mean, he wasn't able you know, to, do that. To, to play devil's advocate, right? I feel like people who are in positions of power always say that about yeah. people who don't have a platform. This a is good true. example is Max B, right? So Max mm-hmm. B goes wrote a bunch of shit for Jim Jones. Jim Jones wouldn't let him out of his contract. He wouldn't let him put music out. And then when Max B was like, yo, like I wrote, I wrote Ballin', I wrote like your biggest records. Jim Jones was like, well, where's the rest of your material? And it's like, well, <laughs> I, you I have no outlet. Like, I can't put yeah. out music like you do. You know what I mean? So sometimes when you have a platform, it's kind of like, what do they say? Um, the oppressors write history. True. Right? True. Like, if you if you have the pen to write history, you're always going to put the other person down and give yourself a shine. You know what I mean? Carlos, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I, th- I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle in the probably, sense that uh, superb... Uh, clearly shines in this album. He does. And I think that, you know, he, he is a big part of, uh, you know, what makes Supreme Clientele w- what it is, which is exactly how I feel about Only Built for Cuban Links. It wouldn't yeah. be the album it is without Ghostface. Oh, of course right? not. That's why he's able uh, to call himself the co-host. Exactly. Actually, wait, no, if I'm not mistaken, he says Ray co-host. Yeah, he says Ray co-host <laughs> <laughs> on his right. own album. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Exactly, because the purple tape to me, I mean, it's like, yo, that's that's Ghostface and Ray. Yeah. The world and, you know, can't touch Ghost purple, purple tape. tape Ray, Ray co-host. <laughs> it's still the funniest shit ever to me. Like, it's like a nigga comes into your house and he's like, "Yo, my house is slamming. Yo, thanks for coming through." Like, <laughs> exactly, and it's like that's how I've always seen it. Yeah. It's like I think yeah. of the purple tape. I'm I'm thinking of all Ghost's, you know, uh, uh, contributions to it. He's yeah. on thirteen tracks. So like, superb is is 
unique. I think he's really talented and I did want to hear more from him. Yeah. Didn't really understand, you know, what happened. Like, you know, Man. like why I didn't hear more. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, the proof is in the pudding with, with, with Ghostface. It's like, that's, uh, you know, the way he sounded on Supreme Clientele is yeah. how he sounds today. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think it was one of those things that, you know, uh, every verse was cold, uh, was ghost written for him. You know, I don't believe yeah. that either. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's a shame that, that, that Superb uh, didn't do do more, uh, I think, you know, with that platform. I think Wu is a really good example of a crew of cats that really are from the streets. Yeah. And like what you get when you have individuals who have and have not committed to really making rap a career and leaving street shit behind. Um, a good example is Shaheem, right? Shaheem the Rugged Child. Like, yeah, I mean, right. dude, you know, AKA was famously, you know, the person who Jay-Z had in mind when he, you know, when he did Coming of Age. Um, you know, he was a person who had was on songs with some of the hugest people and he was like fucking 12 years old. Like, you know, he was a kid. Um, but I mean, he didn't leave street life alone and, you know, he kept go going in and out of jail. Now he's a grown man still kind of trying to trying to capitalize on that success at that period of time. And I think based on what I saw from from superb interviews on like Doggy Diamonds and like some of these kind of street street, you know, DVDs back in the day. It seems like he was just a cat that was still in the street, you know? I got you. That would make sense. We made it transitions into Stroke of stroke Death. Of death. Oh, and man. I have to say, this song is a stroke of genius because when I yes. first heard this song, I was like, Rizzo, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And yet, man, I fucking love this song. Yes. It Swim is... Stock Shock! <laughs> man, this song... Man, I, I can't emphasize enough that like... Like this song to me might solidify just how much of a genius RZA is because yes. this was a bold move to make a song like this where like half of the instrumentation is scratching the record back. Like and it sounds so unorthodox. It sounds like it shouldn't work, but it does. We're, we're, we're thinking along the same line, lines. You said it's a bold move. And I was thinking where it's like, you know, the courage it takes yeah. uh, you just to trust your instinct, be yeah. as creative and just fucking trailblazing yeah, yeah. Not, not, not being scared as a producer and doing what other people do that works so that's why I'm doing it yeah nah it's just they're, they're, they're bold with it they're really courageous this record and, is a punk rock record like it's not even yeah, it's not even a hip hop it's, it's just yeah. like yo like fuck y'all balls to the wall I'ma just make some shit cause I think it's hot and I'ma put it Dude. out and it was hot as fuck it was yeah. hot like there's only one track that I wouldn't skip to on this album um, and you already mentioned we can talk about it a little bit later when we're talking to low lights but like stroke of death is one of the songs i will just be like i'm in the mood to listen to stroke of death yeah. and like i don't need to listen to the entire album like some songs only make sense when you listen to it uh the album in its entirety i don't need to do that with this track so the right. fact that this can work i'm still like because i hated this song when i first heard it I oh, did wow. not. I did not like it. I was like, this. This song is whack. Yet yeah. somehow, I guess through the credit of the sequencing, you know, because we made it transitions into this song. Yeah. And so I'm forced to listen to it, and then I'm like, I don't know why I don't like this song. Yeah, Maybe I like this. He had me as soon as uh, the bitches think that I'm Dominican slash half Indian. Yeah. <laughs> Look up on my, my mustache. Drop to, to my, my chinny chin. I was just like, God damn, this guy is just. <laughs> It's too swagged out. Like it's overflow of style. It's like upon first listen, because at mm -hmm. first you're like, 
whoa, what the, f- wait a minute, it's yeah, scratching yeah, yeah. everybody. And you're just like kind of listening, like perplexed that they opted to do this. Right. And then it's like, once he starts, man, just lyrically, I was like, oh God, I love this shit. Oh, for man. sure, for sure. And again, you know, I'm not Solomon Child's biggest fan, but Solomon yeah. Child comes off on this joint. He's cool. As does the RZA. He does. Yeah. Another yeah. A really, really dope uh, verse from the RZA. Yes, sir, indeed. Agreed. Yeah. So, you know, after that, we we, we get into to Malcolm, we get into the Who Would You Fuck skit, Child's Play, and then boom, Shay Shay the Goat. Yeah. Man. We talked about this a little bit at the top of the episode, but I mean. We should get into know. it, though. Um, I mean, you got a song that makes you God sound tolerable. Yes. Um, this was definitely, this had a video <laughs> for it. This was a high record. And man, it still gets love in the, in the club today. Yeah. I think that this is probably the perfect club hit for a Wu-Tang record because not only yeah. does it work in the club, but it yeah. also sounds very, like it doesn't sound like a sellout record. You yeah. know, Wu-Tang, they tried to make some pop hits that either weren't all that hot or uh-huh. were too silly, like Gravel Pit. Like, what the fuck was Gravel Pit, right? Yeah. The fact that they <laughs> made the song, let alone try to make it a single, like what, what were you thinking? But like, all this right. is not a sellout record, it's dope. Uh-huh. It's still raw. It's simple enough. Like it's easy uh-huh. enough for the non Wu Tang heads to get into it, but it's yeah. also hard enough for the Wu Tang heads to be like, "Yo, this song is dope as shit." You know what's funny? When I watched the Wu, the Wu show, um, and you know, just to kind of bring bring things full circle, I thought it was really funny how RZA made fun of himself about the the "We Love You, Rakim" uh, single. But I think <laughs> this record is realized what he was trying to do when he put out We Love You Rakim right like and I think they did an excellent job also of capturing tour culture in the video it's like if you remember it's like maybe two hotel rooms each of them you know him and Ugar are like in different hotel rooms and people the man's in that video too if I'm not mistaken she's in the whole time and they're like walking back and forth or like down the hall of like a hotel and there's girls like you know the whole nine uh so i think they also really did a good job of capturing you know the energy that they were looking for in the joint and the thing i love about this song from a production standpoint is they do they do so many different things so for one they sampled the the tommy matola the shay shay lafon right um but they don't just sample it they re you know they redo the vocal they redo the lyrics and they get um you know the modern vocalist to come in i forget who actually is the lady who's singing on it um but then they also sampled krs1 boogie down productions uh the the blueprint record okay and uh i think it's called uh, jack of spades and a lot of the beat like when the beat kind of breaks at the end and it gets into this like little kind of like silly like guitar riff that's uh-huh. definitely one of the riffs that's on the jacket space but also the beat as well like the actual drums and the bass um okay. they speed it up for shay shay the ghost but to okay. combine all of that into this record um and again you get a you got feature which somehow works on here um, yeah it's one of his two tolerable verses so <laughs> you know you um, got don't yeah. feel bad you got fans out there you got yeah, your book was good. <laughs> nah, it's kind of like a running theme on this uh, on this podcast. But even when you talk to like other Wu Tang fans, like I'm not gonna say any names, but I, I was talking to somebody who is loosely like he's he's Wu Tang extended family. Um, okay, and even he was saying like, yeah, like you guy just gets a bad rap in general. Um, he, but he seems like a good guy. Seems like, like, like a great he, guy, but like yeah. lyrically, people are just like, yeah, he's just not yeah, very nah. strong lyrically. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, but now we're getting into one of uh, Yinka's big highlights, which is Wu Banger. Oh, man. Wu Banger. I mean, yeah. you know, 
if I had to coin a a posse cut on this album, I, I think I'd call Wu Banga the posse cut. You got um, this and Buck Fifty, but yeah, Wu Banga yeah. is definitely. I mean, you know, because Buck Fifty also has um, has Red on it, who's kind of extended family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Wu Banga, man, it's so good. And I was talking to you about this prior, you know, off mic, but uh, man, Master Killer comes off on this, and yes, like. He does. You know, we rarely get, at least, you know, in these on these core, you know, member woo albums, a performance from Master Killer where he's just rapping, like like mm-hmm. rapping, rapping, not like a spoken word style, not kind of like a layback, like like he came to to to, to play with with the rest of the cats on 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 the, on the court, and man, he he comes off on this joint. I mean, he had to because everyone kills it. I mean, yo, the yes. way Jizzle starts this sh- shit off. It's crazy. Uh, too advanced. Did you stance? I make the CD in hands. I move with the CD. Be the strength in hands. Like, and it's true. Like when you think about it, you're like, you can kind of visualize it in your head. You're like, oh yeah, I, I get it. Like D Banner under under pressure. Raekwon murders this song. Oh yes. my god. Everybody murders this record. And I, one of the things I like about it is we spoke about this on the Inspector Deck album. One of the things that one of the lowlights for me was that there were no new bangers. On that on that album because all the solo projects they all have Wu Bangers yep. and this is a Wu Banger that's called Wu Banger like they shout out that <laughs> that fact they're like yo you know this yeah. is for the Wu Tang heads this isn't for all the other hip hop heads this is for the Wu Tang heads you know straightforward yeah. loop your yeah. your favorite MCs all killing it you know no real hook on it just spit this joint is, is so fire and it ends it's the last actual song on the album um, kills it. Yeah. Carlos, your, your thoughts on Wu Banger 101? I mean, the production, classic Wu, the way it was mixed, uh, Jizza, Kappa, Ghost, Master Killer. I mean, what's, what's not to like? All right, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, this is the Raekwon performance that we wanted, you know, after Only Built for Cuban Links, where you have such a great collaboration between the two of them. Mm-hmm. This is Raekwon giving us, you know, peak Raekwon. And so I'm glad we got this performance on the record. So do we have any other highlights to uh, discuss with this album? Nope. So uh, I guess we can get into some lowlights if you have any. I have a few. I already mentioned one of them, but uh, I have a few. The only record I would I would remove from here, and I, and I can't even say I would remove it because you need the, the subject matter and thematics actually to, yeah. to paint the picture of the complexity of who Ghostface is. But Malcolm is the only record I don't really like. I wouldn't really go to, um, and yeah. maybe Child's Play. So I, I completely disagree with Child's Play. I yeah. love that song, Child's Play. But I, Keep I mentioned Child's Play, please. I Keep think his rhyme, his rhyme about like his dick getting hard and etc. I mean, Ghost is an odd that's, cat that's, anyway. That's but I, I just didn't need it personally. But that's Ghost. Like Ghost has said some off the wall hardcore yeah, shit. Facts. Facts. Um, Especially Dick when it made comes the to cover J- now count how, how many, many veins, veins on, on it. it. I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, when it comes oh, to Janitalia, you know, Ghostface is one of the uh, yeah. He he loves yeah. talking about Janitalia, but um, no, Child's Play is definitely a record that I have skipped to. The only record on this album that I have never skipped to, that I've never just been like, yo, I'm in the mood to listen to this song, uh-huh. is Malcolm. Because of that, it's one of my low light yeah. records. That said, it's not a, it's not a song that I would remove. I don't dislike the, the song. Yeah, um, I think it works well with the sequencing, but it's just Agreed. not a like I've 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 gone I put the CD in and I've skipped it every single track at least once uh-huh. i'm like yo i'm in the mood to listen to Wu banger i'm in the mood to listen to to we made it i'm in the mood to listen to ghost Dini saturday night 
Right. I'm in the mood to listen to Stroke of Death, Child's Play. Malcolm is, I've never been in the mood to just like, yo, I just feel like listening to this song. The only time yeah. I've ever listened to it is when I've been listening to the, the entire album, which yeah. has been, I don't know, at least, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to this album start to finish. Yeah, yeah. I would say that uh, the point we brought up before were in terms of like the skits or the interludes, mm -hmm. all the Iron Man, uh, you know, the, the classic mm -hmm. Iron Man cartoon, mm -hmm. That stuff is great and and flows with the album itself. Mm. Some of the skits, I feel, you know, I guess could have been shorter, but that's the Wu Tang thing, so we cool with it. Yeah. I would have preferred the album to end with Wu Banger. And I can see that. Anything after that is like, because yeah. you know, when I think we all listen to this album as an album, as if it was a record, and we just drop the needle and let it play through. So there are parts where you feel like, okay, the momentum kind of slowed down. It dragged a little here. And Malcolm is one of those parts yeah. where everybody kind of feels it. It's like, okay, you know, maybe there. Um, so I would just say maybe the skits, Malcolm, and definitely ended on Wu Bang. And like, I, I you know, I, I didn't, I, I could have done without everything that happened after Wu Bang. Yeah, after Wu Bang, yeah. you got another four minutes of just kind of like random stuff. You got the Clyde Smith skit. I don't yeah. agree with you guys, okay. and and I'll tell you why. Um, and 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 you know, this is just a counterpoint. Uh, you guys have you do make good points, but um, I I kind of love an album that is a circle. Yeah. And and I love how it starts and ends with with the with the, the Iron Man theme, and it, it makes me feel like it's a perfect circle. So when I hear the Iron's theme conclusion. Um, if, if you like if you have your Spotify or whatever and you put the you put the little repeat album yeah, thing on I literally will accidentally listen to the album over again because of how the continuity of the first and last record being the, the, the Iron Man skits so I actually liked it okay yeah, yeah. okay that's a fair I think to Carlos's point though when I you know I can't tell you how many times I've actually listened to the entire album now that I think about it you know, a lot of times I get to Clyde Smith skit and I'd okay. either start the CD over mm -hmm. or I would pop it out and put on something else. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I have to be honest. I can't even, I don't even know what the Iron Man's theme, like the Iron theme conclusion. I don't even know what, I can't, I can't play it back. Oh, really? I don't know what it sounds like. No, it's pretty it's great. It's basically yeah. the same thing as the intro. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. It, it's just that, you know, it's that part of the cartoon where he's like, you know, he, he defied death in this yeah. way. Oh, right, so right, right. So he barely right. escaped and he lives on to fight another right. day. Tony oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah. right. And, and, exactly. and you bring up a good point, Yinka, by end with Wu Banger. I, I didn't mean as the last song. Mm -hmm. And then the outro. Oh, uh, okay, I got you. I got you. Keep that yeah. outro. <laughs> So yeah. basically, um, so, so get rid of the Clyde Smith skit. Absolutely. Clyde Smith was definitely unnecessary, but but I just enjoy Raekwon, you know, threatening somebody in a way that I I don't even understand what he's talking about. You, I got some little snacks and all that, son. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Word up, son. So I, I, the threats the threats made me laugh. Um, and and he's also, a -run, nigga. <laughs> yeah. he's a -run. And also, it sounded a little bit like. Ray and a little bit like meth, meth man, because yeah. of the way they pitched the uh the voice and and you know um isn't um meth's name uh Clifford, Clifford Smith yeah so I was like, like me trying to guess who it was because back then they didn't do the whole voice pitch shifting thing that often in yeah. music so I was like is it Ray or is it I always thought it, it was meth is it meth? I, yeah. But it, it, so if you're saying just, it's Ray, I'll take your word for it. Because I always thought it was Method Man because the Clyde Smith thing. But 
I did right. too, and then and then I read on here that it's Ray, and I'm oh, like, well, you. that makes sense because the slang is much more That's Ray true. than it is meth. That's true. So but the only know. other low light for me is that Inspector Deck does not get a verse on this album. Mm, he gets real. a beat that's, that's redone and retouched by RZA and, and yeah. flipped into something incredible. But you know, you got you got on here, you got Massacre on here, you got everybody else on on the woo here delivering dope verses, right? I know Inspector Duck could have killed this shit. You could have oh, found man. room for him on Buck Fifty. You could have yeah. taken you got out and put him here on, on Shea Shea La Ghost. He could have gone on Wu Banger One Hundred One. In you fact, could not have put him should... on Shea Shea La Ghost. Whatever, whatever. Sorry. You're probably right. But whatever. <laughs> he could. He definitely could have gone on Wu Banger. I, lo- I love Inspector Deck, but I do not want to hear Inspector Deck in the club. <laughs> That's, fair. <laughs> Bom- That's fair. Bombing atomically while a girl is sitting in my lap is not what I'm really trying to do in my life. <laughs> he definitely could have gone on Wu Banger, though, um, and definitely could have gone on Buck 50 as well. Yeah, for probably sure. Probably Wu Banger sure. probably would have been the best place for him. I think, I think yeah. he, you know, you're just you're reminding me. I think he was supposed to be. Was he? And I think mm. his label didn't clear something. And why yeah. is why is Deck always getting the short end of the stick, y'all? I don't. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. It's odd, you know, especially because of the the type of talent that he was, you know, yeah. or is, I guess, you know, because yeah. he's still doing it. All right, and see now I'm I'm trying to remember this clearly because uh-huh. uh, I'm 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 kind of combing through the uh, little Supreme Clientele booklet. Okay. Yeah, I got the I got the CD out here. I got the booklet. Oh, okay. Let me just say too, with I the, love with the, the gray. Top to the CD and yeah. ghost in front of the old school mic. Yeah, the old school mic with the with yeah, the sig man. in his hand. Yeah, um, man, I had that joint. Yeah, and the and 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 the blue like overtones to it. Um, yeah, yeah. So they actually have him listed as featured on Wu Banger. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Yes, that's but, right. And he's not on there. But they just it, it was like a label politic type of problem. Oh man, oh, that sucks. Can, man. can you imagine like the, you know whatever he penned to that to to Wu Banger? Yeah. And then, and then Tupac ass just fucking just took him off the song yeah. <laughs> and left Jeez. his dad's left his ad libs. It's list man like this. I don't get it. Like he's he's arguably like one of the biggest lyrical talents from the group. Yet right. something about his personality is just like oh we can shit on deck. Like he doesn't need yeah. this verse. Oh man, I, it's so it's so wrong. So bad, yeah. but uh, man. Anyway, that's the only big, big low light for me is the fact that point. Inspector Deck doesn't get a verse on this album. The yeah. rest of the clan does. Obviously, ODB is an exception because of his legal yeah. troubles. Um, you know, they could have they could have taken his vocal and put it on there where where they decided to sing, to sing it instead. I think that's on um yeah. on uh, the grain is where they did that. But okay. uh, yeah, if you had Deck on this album, it would be you know A plus plus instead of an A plus. But as it is, yeah, this is in my this is in my top five albums. It's up there with yeah. Black on Both Sides, both Biggie albums, and Wu Tang Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Wu Tang Forever and Supreme Clientele, my two favorite Wu Tang albums. And like I said, this is the one that I felt helped justify my my Wu Tang fandom at the time too. And I remember when I was listening to this, um, you know, Carlos and I were just we were just starting to get along. We were just starting to rap, um, but I didn't <laughs> know that he was a Wu Tang fan. And okay. he was one of the people that was just like, yo, yeah, that Supreme Clientele is dope. And we both got it around the same time and no one else mm. was really picking up on it. I don't think Shay Shay La Ghost became a hit until like the springtime. Hold on, let me look and see when that mm. single was released. Yeah, um, yeah it, it picked up slowly, which is why I thought that this album came in, out in late t- 2000. But mm. it, yeah, it did drop in February. Now that So according to the wiki, apparently Mighty Healthy was released in 1998. I don't remember that at all. 
Um, huh. But then Apollo Kids, yeah, was definitely released in 1999. So that was at the tail end. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're saying Shay Shay the Ghost wasn't even really, yeah, it was released in 2000. But I remember like that became like a springtime summer hit. That yeah. was not something that they were playing right away. That's true. Um, and so, you know, but we, we were on this like right when it came out, which is like, yo, this album is dope. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, it definitely helped, you know, it was like a shot of adrenaline because I was pretty much ready to give up on Wu-Tang. And it made me (laughs) excited for the W, which was a disappointment. It made me excited for, you know, Bulletproof Fallers, which wasn't all that great. Um, It had a lot of potential. It had some highlights. It had some highlights. Yeah, it had some ideas. Um, You could definitely tell the Ghost was kind of transitioning into like his pop music thing, like his, you know, because he was, Mm. at that point, was clearly like the forefront of the clan in terms of, the most popular members um yeah. so he was doing his more like his commercial music which was odd because of where hip-hop was kind of going at the time and it was kind of like it didn't really make sense well, some dopeness also, also though bulletproof wallets wasn't that the one where there were multiple records yes. and the samples just didn't get clear multiples so multiple. yeah so it was like dope records that we just we weren't able to get on the album yeah so you know and then you had the iron flag which actually is not terrible um it's not all that great either but it's, it's better than the w but I mean, this is the one, Supreme Clientele was still the one that, you know, if you're going to talk, if you're going to mark like the beginning and the end of Wu-Tang Clan, you're like, you know, the beginning was, it was entered the, uh, enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. Mm-hmm. And the end is probably Ghostface Killer Supreme Clientele. After that, Damn. the remaining dope albums are Ghostface albums, you know. Yeah. Um, Fish Scale was fire. Fish Scale is fucking fire. Yeah. So, yeah, those cool. are those are probably my my final thoughts on on Supreme Clientele and, and what this album means to me. It's definitely something that I revisit, you know, at least once a year. So yeah, it's something that I revisit also. And I think you know, for the folks listening, if you if it's been a while since you you know you pulled out that that CD with the with the blue undertones and the and a gray, slide that joint in, man. Pause. Uh, this <laughs> album is is incredible. It it, it has aged well, and uh, you it definitely know, I really has aged well. It. Yeah. Top 10 rap album of all time, folks. If you like <laughs> style, if you like originality, it's all in there. Where do you put yeah. this among your Wu-Tang albums? Are there any Wu-Tang albums in your mind that are better than this one? Because uh, if so, that means you got at least two in, in hip-hop top 10. Right, right. right. Um, so, yeah, I, I take it you're talking about all, even individual yeah, albums and just... To me, they're all Wu-Tang albums. Yeah, yeah, they're all Wu-Tang albums. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to... Mm, top three Wu-Tang it's, albums. It's definitely top three for me. I think only built for Cuban links and, you know, maybe, you know, between Enter and... Uh, and and um, uh, forever, Wu Tang Forever. Yeah, forever. forever are the only. Those are the only records that I think can like compete with it. I actually think that this is better than Only Built for Cuban Links. And for me personally, mm-hmm. this is just for me personally. Okay. It's not even that close. And I love Only Built for Cuban Links. I actually yeah. probably enjoy Iron Man more than I like Only Built for Cuban Links. That's just how oh, much wow. I enjoy. That's just how much I enjoy Iron Man. I so really, really I love really Iron love Man. That. I love Iron Man. So for y'all fellas, thoughts. Um, this or Iron Man because this is a big oh, debate it's, it's for Wu-Tang. It's Supreme Clientel. Because yeah, for me, it's Supreme this. And, and and I get killed in these discussions. It's same when I talk to uh, Tribe fans and I say Midnight Marauders is clearly better than Low End. Cats get up in arms. But I think that this is much better than Iron Man. It It, it, it is. That's why, you know, for me, the my top two Wu-Tang albums are Wu-Tang Forever and, and this and Supreme Clientel. Okay. Um, I think that the... 
you know, the default options or the default choices, people are going to say, okay, enter the 36 chambers, only built for Cuban links. Those are probably the ones that you're going to hear the most. But for me, just as a, just as a listener. I hear yeah, liquid swords a lot and I, I do don't hear agree, liquid swords a lot, but I, yeah. I hear it a lot. Yeah. Liquid swords. I'm not, is that even in my top five? Maybe it might be number five for me. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like five or six or something. Five or six. It's, 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 it's liquid swords or 36 chambers, you know, and it's so, it's always so weird because you know, 36 Chambers is the one that always gets all the accolades, that and the purple tape. Right. But I mean, just from a musical point of view, 36 Chambers is definitely groundbreaking. It's so raw. It's so, yeah. it's, it's a very, very well sequenced album. Um, yeah. It's so unique. It's so different. Mm-hmm. But I think there's like, just from a musical, like just from a technical standpoint, I mean, for mm-hmm. Wu-Tang Forever and Supreme Clientele are like unassailable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, for me, like, it's hard to pick any of the Wu Tech albums above these two. It's crazy. Now that I'm thinking about it, d- does Wu have the best, like, the, the deepest catalog of any of any rap collective? I think that if you're going to include the solo albums, and you get some dickheads yeah. out there, and they are dickheads who are just trying to troll <laughs> and say that, oh, well, only built for Cuban links is not a Wu Tang album. Uh, I got some words for you. Go fuck yourself. Your opinion is not relevant here. It's not wanted here. Go play in the sandbox with the rest of the little fucking simpletons because your opinion doesn't matter here, right? So I'm not entertaining those. So we're yeah. counting solo albums as Wu-Tang projects. Yes, I for think sure. the problem is, is it, it's also heavily diluted with material that's just not very good as yes, well. And yes. that's the problem. It's like they they flooded the market because uh-huh. you got you to gotta consider like those side acts too, like Grave Diggers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, all the Wu affiliates, so, all that stuff. So uh, it's just like- Some of them are not good. They flooded the market, and uh-huh. and it's like if there was a do over, it would be like RZA, don't flood the market. Yeah, but yo, if you think about it though, right? Like, I mean, because I was thinking about the fact that we've been talking about, we talked about maybe seven albums already, yeah. and we haven't even mentioned Return to the Thirty Six Chambers, the, the dirty right. version, right? Like, they there's great albums, like they, they probably have ten albums that are like amazing in their own right. Yes, right? Mm-hmm. and like who who else has ten amazing albums, like? I mean, mind you, they they have nine core members, right? So it's a, yeah. it's a very big collective. How but, many uh, albums does Scarface have? You said what? How many? Uh, so we're talking about groups or solo? Because Jay Jay Z doesn't have ten great albums though, but he had, he does have over ten, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but he has, doesn't have ten great albums. He doesn't have ten great ones. How many nah. albums does Scarface have? Because if you can include Ooh. Ghetto Boys and Scarface, that would be a okay, shout, maybe, maybe. But, um, but but these ten are better to me than than Scarface I would say. And I would agree. Boys. I would agree. Um. I think that Outkast has a higher concentration of dopeness um, because you don't so, get a weak album for me until you get to Idlewild. I know that you said you like that album. To me, I, I went back to re-listen to it and I wasn't yeah. really feeling it. it. To me, I think it's weak. And I then just the think solo it has, it has high Big points Boy. that that don't get get uh, recognized. But That's fair. now when I think about it, if you were to count the whole Dungeon family together, maybe you you you'd maybe. have you have a solid ten. I but see I I struggle yeah. to do that because if I'm gonna if we're gonna talk about just family like crews, right. you know then that's one thing. Then we can put in all the Wu Tang affiliates. But when I'm talking about Wu Tang albums, I'm talking about core the members. Clan albums and the core members and right. their solo projects. So Red Man supposedly is a Wu Tang Clan member. Now we're we're not talking about him. <laughs> we we're, we're talking about essentially the ten of them. Right, we're talking about RZA, Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, Inspector Deck, Rayquan the Chef, You Got, Ghostface Killer, um, Method Man, did I say Master Killer? And Capadonna. Yeah. Right. right. So those ten. Those ten. So we're talking about all the projects that they did solo and group. Who's and the tenth? 
What? Who's the tenth? The, Cap- the tenth is Capadonna. Capadonna. Oh, okay. Yeah, Capadonna is definitely a Wu Tang Clan member. Mm-hmm. Um, so those those ten. So I mean, for me, you got you got thirty six chambers and Wu Tang forever. Then you've got. Um, you could say Takao is good. Takao is definitely a good album. It's not great, but it's good. It's not in my ten. That's fair, but it's still a, it's yeah. still a good album. Return, yeah, cool. Return to the Thirty Six Chambers dirty version. Um, mm-hmm. Then you got Liquid Swords, Only Built for Cuban Links, Iron Man, The Pillage is dope. Yes. Um, Supreme Clientele is dope. Uh, Fish Scale is dope. Yes. And that's I put probably, that above Takao personally. That's fair. That's fair. And that's probably mm-hmm. did I say ten albums right there? Probably. Yeah. You know who maybe if you consider. Uh, I guess um, Death Row Records, like Dre and his camp, maybe. But y- that's the thing, though. But like, I don't necessarily want to say a label. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, and if we're talking about just groups, it is unfair because they do have ten members. Ten members, exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Nine original members plus ten when you include Kappa. Right. So mm-hmm. it is a little unfair. And at the same time, too, they uh-huh. have a lot of project projects that aren't good. Capadonna's got what three or four yes. albums. Only one of them is worth mentioning. Sure. Right, Old Dirty right. Bastard had three albums. Only one of them is worth mentioning. Right, right. Method Man, you can, you know, Takao 2000 is worth mentioning, but it's overall, it's not very good. Jizzle only had one really good album. Um, you know, Ghostface has has a slew of good projects. Yeah, like even, yeah. even after Fish Scale, he's got 36 Seasons, which is a good album. He's mm. got two projects with Adrian Young, which okay, mm, they're not okay. they're not they're okay, but they're worth yeah. talking about. They're worth listening yeah. to and worth talking about because it was something different. I thought they were good. Yeah, like, that's more, that's fair. Yeah. Like you, more than you okay. have to talk about really those albums. You have yeah. to discuss. I mean, Ghostface, you know, he's got more good projects than than bad projects. Mm-hmm. Right. Um yeah. So, I mean, you know, the the bullet, no, the Tony, what was it? The Pretty, Pretty Tony, Tony album. That's kind of. I like some of the. the, the I, I do like some of it. On there. Yeah. It's, not, it's not one of his stronger ones. I put Pretty, right. Pretty Tony in there, probably with Bulletproof Wallets and uh-huh. Big Doe Rehab. Big Doe Rehab has some, has some dope tracks. And then yeah. otherwise. Don't, don't forget, don't forget Rizzo as Bobby Digital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good on that. Man. <laughs> I wish. Actually, the RZA had more collaborators on Bobby Digital because that first album had so much potential. Hell yeah. I, I, yeah. I keep telling folks, I keep telling folks that if there's one album that doesn't get enough credit for Kanye West's entire catalog, it is RZA's Bobby Digital. The things that he's doing on that, you could definitely tell, oh, Kanye took this. Oh, Kanye took this and ran with it and made it better. Yeah. No doubt, Kanye took it and ran and ran with it and made it better. I think yeah. every hip hop producer has a copy of, of RZA's Bobby Digital. Yeah. Yeah, it's just there's things he's doing on there vocally and lyrically that are just like kind of silly. Yeah. But then there's other things he's doing musically that you're like, you know, if you just flip this, like you're just you were one step, just take one more step, and this is going to be like fire. But he didn't do it. <laughs> he didn't do it. Yeah, uh, man. So anyway, yeah. Cool. All right. So anything else to add to a Supreme Clientele or, or Wu Tang discussion? Obviously, anytime I get in the booth. Talking Wu Tang with this gentleman to my left <laughs> and, and Yinka. Obviously, I'm gonna have a good time doing it because it's my favorite group to discuss. Nah, it's an absolute pleasure, and um, you know, thanks, thanks to you guys for doing this '80s Babies podcast, man. I'm gonna go listen to Supreme Clientele. Go listen to the album. Peace, peace, peace. Sun's trifling, fuck wildflower on the cycling. Pick up the 
crew thought I was Michael and West Brighton pool. Now I'm into iron duels, turn us to earth. Whoopi, she out of law school. Inhale, great piece of hell, A and light propel, parallel. Doris L9, you flash the burn cell. Snap at the Candyland kids, the old rumor is blacks become immune to shit. We never did like eating dead birds. Trust the pharmacy over herbs, men marrying men ill. They got the urge, both are scissor hand, wig vanished in the winter, living off land. You got them right, I fuck fans, king me. Check, check, mate, props like the Michael Chip founder. Neck the next stock with Bill Gates. 